0: Book of Serenity, Case 73, Saushan, Filial Fulfillment A monk asked Saushan, when one leaves off his morning clothes, how about that? Saushan said, "Shan today has fulfilled filial piety. The monk said, how about after you have fulfilled f- how, how about after you have fulfilled filial piety? Shan said, Sarshan loves to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hongshu's verse. The pure household has no neighbours. For long years, staying in sweeping, not admitting any dust. When the light turns, tilts the moon, remaining at dawn. When the forms of the hexagrams are distinguished, they are established as dawn and spring. When one meets the spring, walking drunk, Singing crazily, turban hanging down, ambling with tousled hair, who cares? In great peace, with no concerns, a person falling down, drunk. Please sit comfortably. <laughs> <coughs> Hong Chen Choi, I have so much trouble. Tian Tong, I like the nickname better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. I've been checking on the internet for the pronunciation. Um, yeah, uh, Hong Xiu, Tian Tong, lived from 1091 to 1157. He was a towering figure in the Saodong School, which is the forerunner to the Japanese uh, Soto School. Hongzhu established the practice of silent illumination and wrote poems to convey his profound experiences uh, arising from that practice. Uh, one of these poems, the poem of, poem of silent illumination, uh, we chant in our Zendo uh, here, uh, as well as oh, <laughs> uh, as well as in Se Xin. <laughs> <laughs> It's very interesting because if you remember Darth Wei from uh, uh, the first uh, Teisha um, he was the person who formulated the incredibly abbreviated form of the Ka'an for lay people to work with which subsequently became uh, the standard way for monastics as well and uh, he was also the one responsible for burning the Blocks and as many available copies as the Blue Cliff Record as he can to avoid the kind of abuses of koan work as he saw it uh, in uh, around him. And um, the same way uh, attacked uh, uh, Hongzhou, uh, who who advocated silent uh, illumination as a very important practice, not as a sole practice because he collected a hundred koans, wrote verses on them, one of the great collections of koans. But um, Da went after him, um, feeling that uh, this practice of silent illumination, which um, is also an enlightenment path to enlightenment. Uh, uh, Yeah. And um, so the Bamboo Telegraph picked this up, of course, and uh, actually built up the, uh, the disputation into something which actually affected the subsequent development of Zen that Lin Chi and Sardong became more polarised uh, through this, each protecting their brand. So it was quite consequential. However, and this is really, really interesting, is that Da Fui and uh, Hongzhou actually uh, had a, quite a good connection. And uh, it's a little bit like... Um, Stravinsky and Schoenberg in L.A., um, the two greatest Western com- composers in the Western world at the time, and there was huge debates about who was the greatest and who should take over, which techniques of each and all of that. But every Saturday morning they'd meet for a coffee and then have a game of tennis. <laughs> and with uh and Da Hui, um, they, uh, when Hong Xiu was close to death, he got Da Hui to look after his affairs. So yeah, uh, so yeah, the media, the Bush, te- oh sorry, the Bamboo Telegraph, um, was uh, it was kind of unfortunate because the two of them actually were well connected, and actually were fellow students of one uh, was at one one time. Early on. Just to um, cover the point here, uh, Hong left a rich teaching legacy which included a set of 100 poems on selected chan stories, and these were taken up by a later Sardong master, Wong Song, who added commentaries to them and helped to create what became known as the Book of Serenity, from which this koan is taken. It was published in 1224. So who was uh, Sa Shan uh, Benji, the protagonist in tonight's um, story? It's a good question. Um, we don't know a lot about Shan, but we know he lived from 840 to 901, that he came from ancient Quanzhou, uh, which is still there in Fujian province. He studied the Confucian classics in his youth. He left home at the age of 19, entering the Lingxi monastery at Fuzhou and receiving ordination at 25. He was a disciple of Dongshan, although his actual involvement with Dongshan appears to be quite uh, scant. Um, Sao Shan went on to develop the teaching of the five ranks that were passed down to him by uh, Dongshan and shaped it as a characteristic teaching for uh, his line within the Saodong line. Thanks to Sarshan's efforts, the five ranks became part of the teaching arsenal of the Sardong and ultimately the Lin Chi school as well. As a consequence, the, the ranks later entered both the Soto and Rinzai streams in, of Zen in Japan, where they remain a significant element of the tradition down to the present day. Uh, here's one of Sarshan's um, five ranks poems. Uh, he did his own version of the, the five ranks. Um, this is probably uh, a second rank, what emerges from Dongshan as the essential within the contingent. Uh, cold ice forms within the flame. In the ninth month, willow blossoms take flight. The clay oxen bellow on the water's surface and the wooden horse neighs while chasing the wind. Is appropriately flamboyant in its imagery. So, when water is frozen solid in fire, when spring willow flowers open in the autumn air, when the clay ox, uh, then the clay ox bellows on the surface of the stream and the wooden horse neighs at the wind. If you like, this is the universal within the particular uh, spring within autumn, nirvana in samsara, the absolute in the relative, the universe in the particular, the universal in the particular, the dark within the bright, the universe in you. <laughs> yeah. uh, that mode. You know, we always go this way, you know, in terms of then response. You know. uh, I am that, but uh, that is me. Is uh, the other inflection. I mean, both are true, but we're so inclined to place the centre here and attach that way. Uh, this is uh, Dogen's uh, notion, that 10,000 things advance and confirm the self. It's not the self advancing to confirm the 10,000 things. So, yeah, this poem uh, is it, uh, a very colourful account of uh, that. There's one bit missing. It says, um, uh, etern- oh, sorry. Yeah, the universe in you, eternity in the now. Uh, how do you express eternity is in the now? It's about 20 past seven. <laughs> <laughs> we live paradox. Uh, We are timeless and vast and in the same breath we are limited, mortal and entirely unique. If it were not for for this, um, as John Donne has it in his great poem, The Ecstasy, if if it were not for these, a great prince in prison lies. If it were not for this, the experience of this, uh, then there is no, the vastness has no feet, has no hands, has no legs, has no expression. Mm. I love John Donne's imagery. You know, a great, you know, if you don't realise that, a great prince in prison lies. Living a paradox sounds thorny and difficult, um, but it is softly natural as the breath that you are taking right now. Here's an exchange involving uh, Sarshan uh, from uh, the Book of Serenity, another Khan from this book. Um, it continues this theme of the universal and the particular, and reveals Sarshan to have been a subtle. to have been subtle and adroit in his teaching style. Sarshan asked Venerable Chang, The true Dharma body is like the empty sky. It manifests the form of itself as the moon reflects in the water. How do you explain the way it corresponds? Chang said, it's like a donkey sees a well. Sarshan said, that was nicely expressed, but it is only eighty percent. Chang said, How about you, teacher? Sarshan said, It is like a well sees a donkey. <laughs> the true Dharma body is like the empty sky. It manifests the form of itself as each one of you. The old worthy responded oh it's like a well sees a donkey. Uh, sorry it's like a uh, donkey sees a well I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong way around. That's only 60%. <laughs> it's like a well sees a donkey, and then uh, uh, Sasha says, "Oh, well, that's only eighty percent. Be really careful here. You know, eighty percent. You know, eighty um, percent is it? hundred <laughs> percent is it? Six percent is it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, each of those uh, fully, uh, full and complete." Even with our limitations, even with our brokenness, uh, we are the vastness at play. Even falling down dead drunk day after day, year after year, uh, we are still that. Mm. Uh, How can water be made more wet? As Joko Beck says so beautifully, summing this up, she says, everyone is doing their best. Though Sashan made a lasting contribution to the Zen heritage, his line of succession did not endure. And the Sardong line that comes down to us, um, (coughs) primarily as Japanese Soto, Thus through Dong Shan's other chief successor, uh, Yongzhu, Da Ying. Okay, we come to the case um, itself. Um, a monk asked Sao Shan, When one leaves off his morning clothes, how about that? In Confucian societies, filial piety was considered among the greatest of virtues and it had to be shown both towards the living and the dead. The term filial means of a son, and therefore denotes the respect and obedience that a son should show to his parents, traditionally especially to his father. But this relationship was extended by analogy to a series of five relationships, those between father and son, ruler and subject, husband and wife, elder brother and younger brother, and and that between friends as well. It's kind of neat. I hadn't expected that. Specific duties were prescribed between each of the participants in these sets of relationships. Such duties were also extended to the dead, and this led to the veneration of ancestors to which the living stood as sons or daughters due to their mothers and fathers. Filial piety suggests our observances here. Accepting limitations in terms of ordinary comforts and appetites in order to practice devotedly uh, and to serve the way. Serving the way is strange. Which way does that go? <clears throat> yeah. The expression that Dong Shan uses for practice, he says, we darken the darkling path which he may say just simply means persevering in practice. The dark clothing we wear suggests not so much the darkness of death uh, in any kind of literal sense, but rather uh, night sky darkness, the darkness of non-differentiation. Mm. I love it, we're in a tradition that wears black. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, with all of that richness of uh, association. At depth, the image of filial piety with its prescribed mourning uh, evokes the great death of realisation in which the undifferentiated vastness is experienced as not other than you, yourself. Darkness in the Christian sense is reflective of sin and error. However, in Zen Buddhism, it is fertile and liberating. There's beautiful lines from a poem called The Song of the Precious Marasamadhi, apparently a transmission gift from Dongshan to Sao Shan. Fully illuminated at midnight, hidden at daybreak. It's an example he's talking about justice, the Dharma of justice that is passed down from the Buddha. And this damage of justice is fully illuminated at midnight. Beautiful, the light and the dark completely entwined. Hidden at daybreak. It's an exemplar for all beings. It's exemplary. It's the experience of realisation itself, uh, which we share in, used to liberate them from suffering. Uh, We forget this. Uh, There are changes, deep, deep changes in our life that proceed from the experience of realisation and its deepening in further common work or in silent illumination. In a way, um, (coughs) the the Khan appears to deal with um, (laughs) with crankiness mostly, Um, but it starts, it's a a movement from dark to light, Um, and it it indicates uh, several steps on the path itself. it's one of those kinds that deals with the way as it unfolds in our life. It's unfashionable to talk about progress on the way, uh, but it is a reality. My parents used to say, you can't stop progress, um, which was the 1940s, 1950s, which where progress was such uh, proceeded under such a ban. Day, would say. My mum would say, you can't stop progress. And uh, I would say you can't hurry it either, especially in Zen. Everything is slow <clears throat> in Zen. Heart-mind is slow. It's not efficient. doesn't work like that. Uh, always at rest, forever on the way. The always at rest bit is just this present moment in its fastness and all inclusiveness. At the same time and the same breath um, uh, you come back to your breath uh, again and again. You come back to the Kaan again and again. You come back to the moment itself again and again. And this goes on. Round after round, hour after hour, day after day. Uh, And practice just uh, continues like that. Mm. You know, the flowering of spring, as it's indicated here, comes unexpectedly. Uh, There's no royal road to it. You You just persist. You know, in the depths of winter, uh, there is also dawn and the spring, springing. In a way, there is progress and in a way we are already complete, both top and bottom, before and after. Uh, And we glimpse that, uh, labour to express and integrate it and finally embody and forget that. So, um, leaving uh, the monk asks, when one leaves off his morning clothes, what is that? Uh, this is the dawn of awakening after the darkness of the vast and timeless night. Uh, after the long years of work on the Kaan Mu, or who is hearing, or who am I? Who is this one? Hmm. There's a wonderful image that uh, Dongshan uses for that uh, dawn of awakening after the darkness of the long night. He writes, a withered tree blossoms in timeless spring. Not a dead tree, just a withered tree. This is all very much part of the morning, uh, M O U uh, R N I N G, aspect of this. Uh, go on. It's darkness. So the monk asks When one leaves off his morning clothes, what is that? Sarshan said, Sarshan, today has fulfilled filial piety. The way has opened and there are no obstacles at all. The candles. The tall grass, the flowers on the altar, the night sky. Just that. What else but that? What else but this? Yeah. And then the monk asks, How about you after you have fulfilled filial piety? Sarshan says... Sarshan so loves to get drunk. It's great. <laughs> I, 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 I suspect this may have more to do with the intoxicated joy of realisation and oh. living the realised the realized life. <laughs> but, um, look, who knows? You know, he loved to get drunk. You know, he never stayed longer than three months in any place. He travelled as, as an itinerant teacher. And who knows? I mean, three months is probably long enough for your demons not to appear. <laughs> <laughs> or not to appear too, obviously. Um, but he kept moving. There are many reasons it might have been. It's, it also is... Three months is... You don't get too attached. and You don't allow too much attachment. Maybe he enjoyed his freedom, to to move. Maybe he loved to get drunk. (coughs) Mary's taisho on night one, uh, where one of the protagonists was Sao Shan himself, uh, latches beautifully with tonight's case, and I will just read that uh, case. It's case ten for the woman. A monk said to Sao Shan, "I am Jing Shui, solitary and destitute. Please give me." Sao Shan said, Venerable Shui. Jing Shui said, Yes, sir. Sao Shan said, You have already drunk three cups of the finest wine in China and still you say you have not moistened your lips. So what were those three cups of the finest wine in China? you know uh, what Shan is describing here is uh, uh, after realization uh, myriad cups of the finest wine mm. just hearing uh, sitting on the train and enjoying the conversation of people on the train or enjoying the sight of people on there on their phones, okay. mm-hmm. hundreds of them. <laughs> the mark of the age. <laughs> uh, you know, it's that, it's that kind of thing. Like Yamada Roshi, we used to sit, uh, when he was in Hawaii, I remember meeting him, and students would sit with him out on the lanai, and uh, he didn't talk much. Mm-hmm. They, the, the, students you know, the, who were looking after him used to buy all of these expensive Japanese. Dish, uh, delicacies in honolulu but he would sit there and uh, he would put bear much uh, uh, what do you call it um uh, you squeeze it on uh, it's a... uh, uh no it's not not that um, uh, it's a sauce yeah maybe it is and uh, he would just be t- tipping it onto his porridge it <laughs> Or well, imagine a chilli sauce, you know, uh, just sitting there squeezing on his forage. But he would listen to students. Students would just talk and he would sit there contentedly just listening and just listening and just listening uh, to them. Um, he would say something from time to time, but he was very, very generous. And you got the impression that he just enjoyed the whole, the whole thing. It's also interesting in this Khan because Jing Shui, who is solitary and destitute, um, is very much wearing the clothes of mourning. It's the same spirit as this uh, Khan, really. Um, yeah, having let go of everything, nothing to cling to, and begging for the sustenance of the, the teaching itself. Yeah, I've let go of all my concepts. Uh, everything is down have nothing to cling to. Please teach me. Like that. Uh, Hong Hong Xiu's verse. The pure household has no neighbours for long years staying in, sweeping not admitting any dust when the light turns, tilts the moon remaining at dawn. When the, forms of the he- when the forms of the hexagrams are distinguished, then are established dawn and spring. Having freshly fulfilled filial piety, then one meets the spring. Walking drunk, singing crazily, turban hanging down, ambling with tousled hair, who cares? In great peace, with no concerns, a person falling down drunk. The pure household has no neighbours for long years, staying in sweeping, not admitting any dust. The pure household is vast, Uh, there's no room left for neighbours. In fact, this this is the habitation of the one who fills the universe. It's free of dust, meaning empty of thought and concept. Long years of practice of cutting off thinking, relinquishing desire and craving. In a way, it's um, not much of a household at all. This one. This is beautiful image follows. Then, when the light turns, tilts the moon, remaining at dawn. Uh, you can try it the other way around. When the light turns, the moon tilts, remaining. At dawn, but it doesn't quite do it. Um, Poetics is important here. Um, Darkness turns to dawn, yet the tilting moon is still there in the dawn sky. The moon of awakening is there at a rakish angle in the dawn sky. This is the moon of enlightenment itself. But I love the fact that, that the, it's tilted in this, this Cohen which kind of conveys the spirit of drunkenness even there. The moon's still hanging there in the dawn sky at a strange angle. When the forms of the hexagrams are distinguished, there are established dawn and spring. The form of the hexagram that does establish this is turns out to be the radiant uh, qian hexagram, the first in the I Ching, which is the creative heaven. Hmm. Uh, Six uh, six unbroken lines of this, the first hexagram in the I Ching, stand for the primal power, which is light-giving, active, strong, and of the spirit. (coughs) Its image is heaven. It denotes the creative action of the holy person or sage, of the ruler or leader of people who through their power awakens and develops their higher nature. The creative works, um, creative works sublime success, furthering through perseverance. Um, yeah. What can you say? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's radiantly um, empowering and empowered Zen properly practised is never literal. Um, uh, Rather, Zen is creative. It's rarely, um, or shouldn't be literal. Um, It's fostered so many art forms over the the centuries. Uh, You know, to practice Zen, if you're involved in creative pursuits, um, uh, it Without looking a gift horse in the mouth, one should never look a gift horse in the mouth. Um, It is huge in its power uh, for those uh, creative activities. It also embarks people into creative activity um, as well. Um, The uh, the French symbolist poet uh, Rimbaud was not a Zen student, but he wrote some great poetry, some of which um, is very much in the spirit of this drunken um, uh, Taisha, tonight. So I will... It's a little bit of background. Uh, when he was 17, uh, Rambeau, who lived from 1854 to 91, wrote letters. He calls them the Lettre du Vaillant, the letters of the, the seer, to his teacher Isambard and to his friend Paul de Menet, respectively about his method for attaining poetical transcendence or visionary power through a long, uh, quoting, a long, intimidating, immense and rational derangement of all of the senses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Here we're into deconceptualizing the senses. True seeing is uh, that candle, that candle, the Buddha. But uh, Rambos was a uh, uh, long, intimidating, immense and rational derangement of all the senses. He went on, the sufferings are enormous. <laughs> um, but one must be strong, be born a poet. And I've recognised myself as a poet. And here's the opening poem of his Illumination. Uh, Illumination is called After the Deluge. And um, it's got very much the spirit of, uh, of the way. In the Tao that cannot be spoken, um, tumbles into words. As soon as the idea of the deluge had subsided, a hare stopped in the clover, and swaying flower bells, and said a prayer to the rainbow, through the spider's web, while oh, the precious stones that began to hide began to hide, and the flowers that already looked around. In the dirty main street, stalls were set up and boats were hauled towards the sea, high-tiered as in old prints. Blood flowed at bluebeards through slaughterhouses in circuses where the windows were blanched by God's seal. Blood and milk flowed, beavers built, glasses of black coffee smoked in the little bars. In the big glass house, still dripping, children in mourning, looked at the marvellous pictures. A door banged, and in the village square, the little boy waved his arms, understood by weather vanes and cocks on steeples everywhere in the bursting shower. Madame installed a piano in the Alps. Mass and first communions were celebrated at the 100,000 altars of the cathedral. Caravans set out and the Hotel Splendide was built in the chaos of ice and of the polar night. Even after the moon heard jackals howling across the deserts of time and eclogs in wooden shoes growling in the orchard. Then in the violet and budding forest, Eucharist told me it was spring. Gush, pond, foam, roll on the bridge and over the woods, black palls and organs, lightning and thunder, Rise and roll, waters and sorrow, rise and launch the floods again. For since they have been dissipated, oh, the precious stones being buried and the opened flowers, it's unbearable. And the Queen, the witch who lights a fire in the earthen pot, will never tell us what she knows and what she does not know. One meets the spring, walking drunk, singing crazily, turban hanging down, ambling with tousled hair, who cares, in great peace, with no concerns, a person falling down drunk. This is collapsing into the great life of the way, completely untrammelled, opening your arms to it all, in love with it all. I remember playing piano at the Waterfront restaurant, which my daughter used to call Cockroach Kitchen because it was notorious for the fact that it was very unclean. And uh, the rats used to come up from the river. And I remember one night uh, when I was sitting there talking to a couple who were getting married and they wanted to get married in the restaurant and they were on one sofa here and I was here. We were talking about what tunes they might like and requests and that. And walking along behind them along the bar with two rats. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was horrified, you know. <laughs> don't turn around. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just walked walk straight through and back to the river, you know. <clears throat> anyway, eventually the Subiaco City Council uh, closed it down. But I had, was a, had a wonderful night there. Most nights on these gigs are quite forgettable, I have to say, You're know, sitting there playing polite and quiet jazz and an odd piece of quiet classical music. But on this particular night, and this reminds me so much, this, Cohen, of this. um, About nine o'clock, the former pianist uh, on the gig arrived, overwhelmed with joy that his wife had just given birth and that he was the father of a little girl. And he was just beside himself. So he sat down next to me on the piano bench and he started loudly improvising on the piano. So I just joined in. And uh, the, the, it was very, very loud, this huge wave of sound. Where the, the, you know, And uh, pe- some people started to leave. It's hard to know why people leave. Maybe it was time for them to go, but maybe it was too much. for them. And there's the maitre d' waving his hands to try and stop it. You know? And, uh, it's... Um, yeah, but it, it was it was fantastic. It was an amazing experience. You know, it was it was just so liberating to be able to actually really play and, and to feel his joy and uh, in that and. Um Uh, Afterwards, it didn't diminish my happiness to find that he'd wet himself and there were gleaming bubbles all round the (laughs) counter stage. (laughs) Uh, But it didn't diminish my happiness one bit. It kind of added to it in a way. By this time, he'd gone, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So... Before realisation, mountains are mountains, waters and waters. Uh, with realisation, mountains are waters and waters are mountains. After realisation, mountains are mountains once again. You mean nothing's changed? <laughs> uh, it's a bit like with my son uh, Julian. I, I remember asking him when he was about seven, you know, Can you have a boring surprise, Julian? He said, Yes, Dad. School start, uh, being on holidays with school starting one week earlier <laughs> well this is a bit like a boring surprise um, so I just wanted to touch uh, a little bit in here um, n- not so uh, the crazily differentiated world is reborn in you as you the world is reborn in you as you when someone says the sky is blue or the flowers is pink even those very simple things that we have known since we were babies. Uh, your eyes filled up with tears. Uh, all of this us sitting here tonight um, the light, the floor uh, your heart beating All of this is the great workings of the great matter uh, as you, yourself. This is the alcohol. Uh, Drink deep, you drunkards. (laughs)